across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the Terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Oh, apologies for that lengthy introduction there. Didn't quite mean to leave it last time. I was trying to turn my phone off because it was suddenly started ringing. There you go. Uh, welcome back to another From the Terraces. Hopefully you're managing uh, to listen to this. Um, but uh, we have uh, plenty of football to talk about, but not United. They, of course, didn't play because of the postponed Bolton game. But still lots to talk about. Uh, I met up with Alex Tunbridge, CEO uh, of Cambridge United. A uh, really interesting 15 minutes uh, that we'll be playing shortly um, after we've uh, spoken to Matt uh, to get uh, where we're at so far this season. Cambridge United women uh, had a, a heartbreaking loss MK, uh, against MK Dons in the FA Cup. 2-1 to a, a very late goal. We'll be talking to Darren Marjoram. Cambridge City uh, uh, shipped another four goals, but in a better performance, 4-2 against Lie Town. Uh, spoke to Robbie Nightingale. We'll also be speaking to Steve Warren as well around that one. And Histon uh, lost uh, after a, a, a good start by Chris Nunn in his time there. Uh, again, a, a, another uh, late goal uh, against Racing Club Warwick. And Cambridge City uh, women who haven't played for a while uh, are playing Haywards Heath this afternoon, uh, kicking off in uh, 55 minutes. We spoke to uh, Paul Burling as well. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can all the usual ways. You can text us on 07919070490 or you can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk. So if you want to tell us anything about uh, uh, United City, Histon or the uh, United and City women's team or indeed anything really, uh, you can get in touch with us. We'll start as we usually do with Cambridge United. So as I said, uh, unfortunately, uh, no United game. It was uh, postponed some time ago because of international duty for uh, some of the Bolton players. Uh, so uh, we're left really. Uh, we're not going to pick over uh, old old ground simply because we'd have to talk about uh, Peterborough's win. Um, but I'm just going to. I should have had this ready. And apologies for this. I should have uh, had uh, Matt on the other end of the phone, but I haven't at the moment. So bear with me while I. Uh, do my usual not able to multitask uh, on this one but hopefully he will answer the phone and we'll talk about where we're at so far uh, before we go on to the uh, Alex Tunbridge interview so hopefully Matt will answer uh, unfortunately no one else in the studio so uh, hey Matt are you there? Hey Tim how you doing? Yeah not too bad not too bad um, hopefully we've got uh, a good line and we can chat with you uh, no football obviously to talk about because uh, uh, the uh, say the postponement of the Bolton game um, I, I guess I mean where, where do you think we are currently in terms of where you would hoped we would be at the start of the season Matt? Um, it, it's a hard one to tell really um, for me because uh, we're 15th at the moment and normally I would probably turn around and go, you know, that that's not 
you know particularly bad it, it's not a, a a bad place to be in there's there's room for improvement um you know the the gap between you know sort of the the bottom four is you know isn't too close at the moment as well but there's there's a real sense at at this precise point in time that you know maybe we're underachieving a little bit in terms of you know, could we be, you know, a little bit higher? Um, is is it the rhetoric that's come out of the club in terms of, you know, the the squad is is better in terms of quality and and depth as well? That you know, maybe we we expected, you know, a, a little bit higher. You know, I'm not talking obviously the playoffs and everything, but you know, maybe sort of a, a 12th place position, um, something like that. Um, but then, like I've always said, you know, our, our remit as of right now is always to, to stay in this league and, you know, to stay in this league as, as, as comfortably and as quickly as we possibly can. And, um, you know, that's always going to be you know, the main objective, uh, while everything is going on, you know, off the field in terms of, you know, development with the training ground and the stadium and everything else. So, you know, finances are going to be a lot more tighter until, you know, everything starts getting moved there. So, yeah, it's, it's it's really hard to tell. So 15th isn't, isn't a bad place to be in. But yeah, there's a real sense of, you know, could we could we be a little higher? Should we be a little higher as well? You know, are, are we just underachieving in terms of what the players are giving us right now? So, um, you know, and as I say, after after last week's debacle, Tim, you know, it, it, it's, it's even, even more harder to tell now. Yeah, and I guess that's it. That you know, I mean, irrespective of whether people believe that Peterborough are uh, at this stage a better team than us, I mean, their league position would obviously indicate that's true. Uh, I guess that the the, the the it's a it's a there's a kind of a, a a real feeling that we should not have lost by as many goals as we did, even if I mean, obviously people want to win the derby, but you know, to to be to be beaten so badly by a team that we did that you know that we hate and I think the other thing is people have pointed out that you know Stevenage may have a little bit more money than us but they're not awash with money and yet they're sitting fourth at the moment in the league and you know we're kind of saying well okay fine we, we get the fact that we don't have loads of money but we, we've been told that we've got a strong squad and I think you know on paper we have got a strong squad but it's not it's not turning out to give us the results that we want as you say I mean you know if, if you'd said 15th uh, at this stage last year um, you know sorry at the start of at the start of this season after what happened last time I mean everyone's looking forward to an improvement and improvement is just not fighting for those relegations spots and yeah okay we're still only four points clear of the bottom but there's a, there's a lot of clubs between us and the bottom um, and you know it, it, it could be worse we could be you know we could be Reading we could be Cheltenham um, you know both of them in their own difference you know Cheltenham, Cheltenham just can't win a game Reading can't win a game and they're potentially, potentially going out of business where would you rather be? Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? Is you know we we'd rather be, you know, in the in those positions where you know where we are now, kind of, you know, we're we're not down there struggling, and as you say, you know, there are teams down there like Reading and like Cheltenham who who struggle to to win games of football, and unless Cheltenham are playing us, of course, because then they seem to be out. All right, games, all right, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, it, it it really is, and you know, it's, it's interesting. People do draw that comparison to, you know, Stevenage as well, and and I think that 
the thing is, Stevenage are kind of that team where they're an unknown entity. You know, you think back to when we came into to League One in the, in our first season, and you know, we we probably I know we finished, I think we finished about 14th in the end, but you know, there was a real sense that you know we were a good team, and people didn't really know too much about us, and. One one of the things that I've said before is this season, this league is is not as strong as what it has been. And you know, you think back to you know the past two seasons in this league as well. And you know, we we have had like the people like Ipswich and all that in here as well. Sheffield Wednesday, for instance. And you know, if we had those two teams again, would would Stevens be doing you know as well? Uh, as what they are now and you know you have to give them credit you know for for whatever they've got in terms of money and finance they're obviously executing it very well and you know deserve to be where they are uh for a reason so and you know for us again we've we've had a couple of injuries it's, it's not you know it's not an excuse there is a reason that a few of them carried you know sort of niggles um you know that there's been a lot of games played but it, it's not quite clicking for us right now you know that's that's one of the things that is is going against us it's not clicking creatively you know we're we're not as good as what we probably should be and um you know there's still a couple of games that you can look back at this season and say well if we'd have got you know two points there and you know a, a point there and maybe you know another two points there we'd be right up near the playoffs you know we wouldn't be that far behind Stevenage whatsoever so um, you know, it is a lot of if, if, smuts, uh, buts and maybes at the moment. But I, I think one of the things is, you know, off the field, you know, we're moving at a really good, you know, head of steam now. And I know you've got the interview with Alex soon um, about all of that. And, that, you know, that's a, that's a positive as well. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're, we are 15th. Yes, we're very disappointed after last weekend because, you know, we didn't compete as, as well as we should have done. We know we can compete better, and it's Mark's job with this, you know, couple of weeks off that that we've had now, you know, to we've let everything sort of burn and hopefully simmer. The players are probably angry at themselves, or I hope they are, and they're going to come in, you know, this weekend slash Monday, and you know that big game next week against Northampton, you know, another sort of derby game or a localish game where they're going to go out there and they're going to put things right and uh, you know show show us all that they can go out there and perform because, you know, three points and we're, we're back in mid-table again and that's, you know, exactly where we want to be, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and these are the games where if if you look at, you know, the, the games that we need to be winning, um, you know, not even whether we should or shouldn't be. Uh, Northampton are currently in 19th, just a place above, uh, just one point above the, uh, the drop zone, three points behind does um, and on a run of form that pretty much matches ours, I think. I think we've drawn one more uh, than they have where they've lost so but they've played Bolton they've played Bristol they've played Derby so you know they've played some big some big sides just recently uh, they got a win uh, last time out against uh, Burton Albion so it, it, it's certainly not a given but those are the those are the games that we need to win the, you know the, the the Northampton Exeter Port Vale Shrewsbury uh, I'll leave Wigan out because Wigan's place is obviously uh, largely influenced by the uh, points deduction they 
they got. But Burton, Leighton and Wickham, um, all of these games where we need to pick points up. Um, and you can kind of say that, you know, it'd be nice. And, and indeed, we have got points against the top end of the table, surprisingly, although that's something we often do uh, up our game. But, uh, you know, you, you can't guarantee you're going to get those and therefore you need to win the ones around you. And, and that makes next week's game a real important one. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, you know, with them being below us, it's a, it's an incredibly winnable game. And as you say, their form is similar to ours. I don't think that their home form is probably as strong as ours is. So, you know, ours isn't the best, but it's not too bad. Um, and, you know, what we need to do is we need to go back to basic, basics. You know, we need to go and be you know, hard to beat again. You know, we, we need to you know, play on the on the counter-attack if we can, you know, it, it, use our pace that we have got in the team. And, um, you know, when our chances come, you know, we'll take them, that's for sure. So, um, you know, it, it's an important game next week for for a different reason, as I say, though, compared to, to last week's one. And, um, you know, if we, if we can get something out of the game, whether it's three or one, that's, that's absolutely fine. And then we've got the... You know the the home game against Lincoln, which we'll you know talk about on next week's show, which is, is just as much as a winnable game and a game that we need to win as well. You know, and, uh, say a couple of good results within a week. You know, you get two wins, you know, out of two, and suddenly you, you're you're back up in that mid-table place and looking up. And um, we just need to start putting a run of form together now. You know, if we get, if we can start you know picking up some wins and draws and just have the occasional loss rather than sort of win lose you know, draw that type of, you know, scenario that we seem to be stuck in or lose, lose, draw, win, um, you know, we, we'll be much, much better off for it. And, um, you know, we, we, we've got to work hard. As we know, you know, the players have got to, you know, certainly take their chances and they've got up their performances. And, and the players will know that, you know, the criticism's been, you know, more than enough over the past couple of weeks on the social medias and everywhere about them and um, you know they've got a point to prove again and they've got to go out there starting next week and you know prove that point and show you know why why they are a much better team than you know what we what we were last year yeah absolutely i think that's uh, that's uh, uh, exactly how i put it really is that you know that, that i think there there was a lot of stick on social media as uh, bonds pointed out was going to happen and and it, it you know that's that's it is that 5-0 against peterborough unacceptable to fans and you expect them to respond to that but uh, i think overall yeah we're not we, we could be better but we could be an awful lot worse and i think you know the next couple of weeks uh, are going to be important games to show that we can actually compete effectively for uh, a place a long way above the drop zone so we're not uh, we're not constantly fighting out there matt thanks very much uh, for joining us we'll talk to you again uh, next week probably thanks take care mate bye Cheers. So there we go. Uh, now, as I said, because there was no football um, uh, today, uh, last yesterday, I can't even get my days right. Then uh, I took the opportunity to catch up. Well, not catch up because I've not spoken to him yet. Really, uh, I know he puts uh, they they do re- regular monthly videos, but uh, caught up with Alex Tumbridge, uh, who is the CEO at Cambridge United, uh, to to cover off some of the things that are being talked about behind the scenes. Uh, so financial stability, uh, the training ground, the new stadium. 
the badge, obviously, and uh, and the uh, foundation as well, the football found the uh, Cambridge United Foundation as well. Uh, really interesting uh, interview. This is what uh, uh, was said at that. Apologies, it starts off sounding like we're in a cathedral. I'm not sure where all the uh, where all the echo came from, uh, but it does get better as we go through. Uh, so yeah, this is this is speaking to uh, Alex Tunbridge uh, just on Friday. You've been here, what, just over 18 months, I think, now. You've got quite a long background in football at various different clubs, including uh, Newport, who were a fan-owned club, and uh, Stevenage. Why make the move to Cambridge United? I think it's a very attractive project, really. The, the main attraction, really, is the, the, the owners and the board uh, and the culture that's been created here at the football club and, and the vision and the journey that they're, they're trying to go on. So when that was put in front of me, it was certainly something I wanted to get involved in. Already in 18 months, we've, we've, we're well on that journey. We've got a long way to go yet. But for me, yeah, it was really the culture, the people and, and the ambition of the owners. Obviously, you, you'll be aware of the financial past of uh, Cambridge United and there's been some very poor years. Obviously, uh, there's been a long-term strategy uh, before you came of putting that club on a financial uh, footing that was going to guarantee their future in, in what's a very difficult business to be in, obviously. But it, it, it's progressed to the stage now where, obviously, the big news in recent years has been the purchase back of, uh, of our old stadium. Yeah, it's something that, that comes up quite often actually when you speak to people is the, the club's sort of chequered history and particularly the financial position. So it's something that everyone's very aware of at the club. Um, we're all custodians. Paul, the owner, and, and Mark and Adam, they're all custodians. Equally, everyone that works here is a custodian. And we've got one thing to do really, is to make sure we live in a, in a better place and, and make sure what happened before never happens again and it certainly doesn't happen on our watch. So we spend the pounds very carefully. But there was a lot of work done by Ian Mather before I came in, which, which was great to get the club on a really good footing. And really the job of myself and everyone working here at the minute is to really um, pick the low-hanging fruit, which we've probably been doing last season. And now it's into the bigger projects and it's about how do we become a sustainable League One football club. It's very difficult these days to, to try and do that. That in itself is a big challenge, but we're trying to increase the revenue streams, trying to increase the fan base, and buying the stadium back is, a, is an important part of that. You know, we're running, we've run this year at nearly 94% capacity in the home areas. We've taken the crowd up to just shy of 6-7. I think the crowd's gone up nearly 40% in the last four years. And we're aging to capacity. We know the facilities we've got. Uh, below par, certainly, in terms of other clubs and other grounds. So we're making the most of what we've got. We've invested a lot into the matchday experience and we've tried to make sure that regardless of what happens on the pitch, people can come to the Abbey. Paul Barry's really keen. One of the things he asked us to do is to make memories. That's one of the other things we're here to do. And whether that's somebody coming to their first game or whether that's somebody engaging with a session in the community or maybe it's the 90th minute when you're in, in one of the league games. We'll see. So it's all about creating memories and, and making the most of what we've got. And, and it's starting to work. We've seen that. We've had record season ticket sales. A third of our season ticket holders are now under 18. A third of our match day attendance is now under 18. That said, we're getting closer to the capacity. We've got sub-star sub standard facilities and we're selling out all of our seats every week. So how do we grow? Well, if we don't keep going forwards and, and look to redevelop the stadium, then the reality is we'll be will be a capacity very, very soon. So 
We're trying to get to a 12,000 stadium, and to do that, we're going to have to attract 4,000 more fans as well. So that hard work is, is being put in place now, and hopefully that will come to fruition in the next sort of three to five years. And I guess that's the difficulty is that in order to, we, we've seen how much how much money comes in because of the extra people coming through the door. You build a new stadium, you hopefully fill that up, and you do it in kind of manageable stages so you don't end up in you know the position that some clubs find themselves in, where they've just outgrown their you know they've outgrown their revenue, they're spending way too much money, and, and financial they're in a very difficult position yeah I think everything we're doing is sort of very carefully and very measured we're not we're not after success tomorrow or success the next day the success will come over a longer period of time you know that's probably very evident last year on the journey we went on it was about holding our nerve making sure we got the right people on the bus the right culture doing the right things and we got to where we needed to be it was a bit tight <laughs> but that's it we created memories so it depends which side of the, the table you sat I suppose but um that it's about long-term sustainability and it's about making sure there's a football club here embedded into its community that's going to benefit not just this generation but future generations. And it's funny, unique, football's a, a fairly unique business in terms of the, the fan base and the demands that they have often don't square up with the, the reality of what the club can provide financially. How, how do you square those two things off? I think that's probably a challenge that, that every, every, club has, every club will have and, and has got. No, I think it's about having a strong relationship. It's, it's trust and confidence. It's having trust and confidence in the owners. And I think Cambridge United is very lucky to have the owners it, it has. It's got a fantastic board. And I think it's about the fan base having the trust and confidence in those people to put the right people in place at executive level and for the right decisions to be made for the long-term success of the football club. But we always talk about on the show that the difficulty is there's 4,000 people and every one of them knows how to do the job better than everyone else in the club. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's just under 7,000 this season, so... Yeah, most of them aren't vocal, quite as vocal about it as others. Yeah, but, that's, yeah. that's the joy of the game, isn't it? Um, you know, we all, we, all, we all sit there at 3 o'clock on a Saturday and think we could all do better and, you know, that, that's part of it. Would we want to take that away from the game? Probably not. It's part of it. It's part of the tradition. It's part of the culture of the country as well. Absolutely. You talked about big um, uh, infrastructure investment. Obviously, there's there's two going on. One at a very early stage. One later. The uh, training ground um, is is kind of about to be open. That's obviously a huge thing. One of the queries I have about that is obviously we're investing money into a, a facility that ultimately we don't own. How, how's that work for us? So the training ground project is, is crucial, really. Uh, coming in, it's one of the reasons from the outside. You always look at the club and think, well, why is it not, why is it not pushed on? Why is it not developed? It's in a fantastic location in terms of a supporter base, a fantastic city. The facilities we had were, were, quite frankly, National League, maybe even below. They were dilapidated porter cabins. Some of them leaked. Some of them had electric. Some of them didn't. Some of them had heating. If, if you're going to turn up and go to work every day, you want to be in an environment that inspires you and motivates you and the players are only here at the stadium 30 days a year. The rest of the time, they're, they're at the training ground. So it was probably meant we were losing players. It was probably stopping us to recruit players and equally staff as well. So it, it was crucial that we went and did this. It was crucial for, for not just this group of players and staff, but, but again, we talk about generations, the next generation. The facility we've created is is a very very good league one standard and we've got players here that have played in the championship who have had a sneak peek into the facility this week and gone this is better than some of those clubs so we've done a great job we think we've got a great environment and I think we'll see that impact the squad in the, in the coming months you know nobody likes to be working in a porter cabin and walking from one to the other and getting soaking wet so that's going to make a big difference in terms of the fact that we've, we've got a 30 year lease um, we've got a very good relationship with the university. In 30 years, we 
we're hoping that facility will we'd have outgrown it you know potentially even before then so I think for right here, right now, and, and the next 30 years of the football club, it's, it's the right investment to make. And obviously the big one is, is the stadium. Uh, now, we, now we own our own stadium again. Obviously a, a huge investment, both in terms of time and, and, and finances, to go into that. And we, we've just had the good news, obviously, that the uh, supporters club issue has been uh, resolved, so that, that moves the way forward. What kind of timescales are you looking at to eventually be moving into a new stadium? Purchasing the stadium was, was crucial. Again, you, you're never going to invest into something you don't, don't own, and certainly at this scale. So that process took a long while, and there was lots of unclaimed land that we had to bring together, and we've also been purchasing other pieces of land around the stadium to do that. So that, that's nearly there. The support of the club news is fantastic. When I joined, I think a few people have sort of said, you know, that'll never happen, and, and this will never happen. But I think what's happening now is there is that trust and confidence in, in the owners and in the board that the right decisions are being made for the future of the club and it's fantastic that the supporters club and, and their members have, have voted for the proposal which will see us build a new club at the front of their land and, and the rear land gifted to us to develop the NRA in the Habin. In terms of the project, we want to get a planning application in by the middle of next summer and that will be a full site development. We'll be looking to release our plans early in the new year to supporters. There'll be a period of consultation with supporters and stakeholders and then it's probably a five-year project. To, to do all of it in terms of the having the NRE and the supporters club, um, there's lots of there's lots of hurdles to overcome. How do we bring twelve thousand people to an area instead of seven eight thousand people? That that's a big piece. We know we know transport is a hot topic at the moment in the city, and, and we need to work with lots of different stakeholders to find that solution. We need to work with the neighbours. We need to work with um, all kinds of people to make sure that. Not only do we increase the capacity, but we build a facility that's going to benefit the community, particularly the Abbey Ward. Um, we know about the levels of deprivation here, and if we can build in facilities into this stadium development that's going to benefit them, then we think that's an important thing we should do. And is the plan that, the, uh, that it will be a phased development that means we'll be on site all the time and playing games here, or will there be a period where we are going to be uh, without a ground? No, we, we intend to, to stay here. We'll obviously have reduced capacity. Um, it's a bit like a game of Tetris, I suppose. Mm. We'll need to build the new supporters club first before we then knock the old one down so they can move in. Our intention is to probably do the NRE first, if we can do, because that would mean less impact on capacity and then to get into to do the happen afterwards. But um, the, tr the training ground's taken four years in terms of that process. So we know with all projects there'll, there'll be hurdles and bumps in the road, but um, I think we're, we're really excited and it's going to make a huge difference to the future of the club. Absolutely. I, I guess one of the big talking points off the pitch uh, this year has been uh, the uh, the new badge. Were you surprised at the level of uh, feedback that you got back uh, around the whole process? No, I think <laughs> I think in terms of all the things a football club will will do, it's certainly the most it's most sensitive. Certainly one of the most challenging. Been driven by the owners, something that they've asked us to, to go off and explore. And you know, I think. What we have done is is engaged. You know, some clubs have just gone ahead and, and, and rebranded and changed the crest and, and one day it's there and the next day it's gone. But you know, I think they understand its history and its heritage and it is important. Equally, the club's had many crests over its time and it's it's a project which we're gonna give another year's time to. The position we got to we felt wasn't right, the feedback we got wasn't quite right. And we're not going to press ahead with something that, that's not got that kind of support from, from all of the people involved in it. And that includes the supporters. So we'll release some more information in the next kind of like four weeks in terms of what that process looks like. We, we've had some time to reflect. That's probably why we've gone a bit quiet over the last four to six weeks. 
you know, if we were being really critical, which we want to be, you know, we could have done a better job at engaging with younger supporters and, and older supporters, maybe those that are uh, less engaged with technology. And we want to we want to bring that process a bit more to life and a bit more interactive um, in person in the next kind of six months. But what we have seen is that people are supportive of a change. Mm-hmm. We just need to get to the right thing. And it's also important for the development of the club. We're going to be investing a lot of money into the stadium, bringing a lot more commercial partners on. And we're, we're trying to achieve that piece of, you know, part A, be a sustainable League One club. Part B, how do we get to the championship? Absolutely. Uh, you talked about the relationship with the university and you've just announced a, a partnership uh, with them. What, what does that entail? So that's sort of three things really. It's, it's going to be based around community, inclusion and sport. But again, if we're going to take the club forward, we, we've, we've got to do a better job of engaging with, with the whole of the city. Be that um, some of the biotechs, be that some of the tech companies, be that some of your independents. The university are one of the, the biggest mm-hmm. organisations in the city. So for us not to be working with them doesn't, doesn't seem sensible. There's also a big piece there that if you, you know, the, the name of Cambridge is known all around the world. Well, half the job's done. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to work it out and work out how we can, can make it an attractive proposition, not just on a local level, but at national and, and international level. And, and that will take time. We, we're not expecting to do that tomorrow. But as we're looking ahead, you know, we've just spoken about part A, sustainability in League One, part B, the championship. No doubt when we get to the championship at some point, then it's... How do we sustain that? And, and we're going to have to bring a lot more people on the journey with us. You know, we need to be respectful of those that have got the club this far and we need to continue to take them on the journey. And we've also got to get a few more on the bus as well. And I think on the pitch, obviously, there's a, there's a development going on. Off the pitch, there's a development going on. United have been very strong in the community over quite a long period. It's been a, a kind of a feather in the cap for them. I think the uh, impact, annual impact statement is due out uh, reasonably soon. You know, just a quick catch up on the foundation. Probably the most important thing we do, you know, regardless of what happens on the pitch, regardless of what's happening with, with projects, we have, to be, we have to be embedded in the community. It's probably one of the reasons we've seen the fan base grow so much mm-hmm. is because we've worked really hard with the foundation over the last couple of years to engage more people. And that's not just under 18s, that's all kinds of different um, ethnic minority groups. It's also all kinds of different uh, economic backgrounds that maybe have got barriers from coming to watch games, which we've tried to remove. They're doing some fantastic work. Last year, their social value to the city was over £2 million. We expect that this year to be close to three, three and a half million. We want to grow it. We're making some investments in, in some of the resources for the foundation. And it's about increasing the, the awareness, not just of, of them as a charity, but also the work they're doing. We've got a new strategy coming out in the next year that's going to be very family-focused. You know, It's not just an under-18 that engages with the foundation. It could be a son, a daughter, a mum, a dad, grandparents even. You know, it's a, it's a charity that's there for, for the full demographics of the city. They do some, some great events. We've got one coming up just before Christmas, which is Carols at the Abbey. We've got um, 1,500 people coming here to the Abbey for a carol service on the pitch. We've, we've stopped our conferencing business here, Monday to Friday. Um, lots of people have sort of turned their head and asked why. Well, there's, there's so many facilities in Cambridge and we've probably not got the scalability at the minute. Hopefully when we do the stadium we will, but what we've chosen to do is gift those rooms to the foundation. So we have dementia cafes, we have monthly senior lunches, we have afternoon teas. We'd rather utilise that space to, to increase that tie and that bond with, with the club and its community. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, that was a really interesting chat with him. Uh, first time I'd spoken to him, really, and I think we'll do that a little bit more often. Um, 
<clears throat> there's obviously a lot of long-term stuff happening, short-term stuff happening. Uh, the the <clears throat> the stadium plans obviously are the, the big thing for most most fans at the moment, if, off the pitch at least. Um, and it was interesting to hear the plans for that and the timescales for that and the, the capacity and and everything else. And uh, obviously, a lot of people very unhappy uh, and very vociferous about the change in the badge. Other people uh, less so. Uh, but again, you know, I think they're doing the right thing. They've they've admitted it didn't go quite as well as they wanted to and they're going to take their time and, and, and figure out a better way forward on it so there you go we'll be talking to uh, Alex uh, no doubt again at some stage uh, in terms of uh, football at Cambridge United there was a game last week uh, unfortunately the women lost to MK Dons late goal knocked them out of uh, the FA Cup uh, Billy spoke to them uh, Billy spoke to Darren earlier on this week this is what he had to say uh, about that defeat so, unfortunately, the FA Cup dream is over for another season after a 2-1 loss to MK Dons. What are your general thoughts on the game? Really pleased overall, performance-wise. But we started the game really well with good intent. We we played the game in their half for the first couple of minutes. So that's what we said we wanted to start the game in their half. Pressed well, had a good shape when they had the ball. And I, and I thought, you know, even before we scored the goal, we had reasonable control of the game because they were struggling to, to penetrate through us. And we were fairly comfortable. I thought we built into the game quite nicely and then obviously scored the goal. And that, at that point, you know, I was thinking, obviously a 1-0 up, you, you're thinking it's a good start. But, but you know, we didn't get into too much panic, which was quite nice. MK started to get a little bit more panicky, I think, as the half went on. Obviously, they expected to, they were expected to win the game. So for them, it was a worrying position. Then they got a penalty just before half-time, which Webby pulled off a fantastic save um, to keep us 1-0 at half-time. And yeah, you know, at half-time, the talk was very much about we had to continue to do the same things. I, I think, you know, the game was always going to get a little bit difficult for us as the second half wore on because they were going to come at us more and more, which they did. I think, if anything, you know, looking back at it, we just sunk a little bit too deep, didn't get high enough up the pitch, didn't get enough sustained attacks in their half, which we need to do more of to get out. Um, but that's always, a, you know, it's easy to say now, but it's always tough at the time because they're coming at you with more and more bodies and uh, getting the ball into the box more often. So you do always feel that you've got to defend a little bit deeper. But yeah, look, we, we lost the game ultimately. They scored five minutes from time. But, you know, there's a lot of games where that happens and you think, oh, do you know what? Like, I couldn't see us actually getting any more out of the game. But we had another chance after they'd scored, potentially. You know, it went just over the bar from Zoe. And actually, I felt, and speaking to others, I felt the same, that if we had another five or ten minutes, I felt that we'd got on top again and we had a chance of scoring. So, yeah, look, it was always going to be a tough ask, but I feel like we've competed against a good side from the division above, which is a fantastic sign for our progress. After leading at half-time, were you disappointed at all with the manner of the goals, or do you think it was just a case of the quality of a higher-level opposition shining through? Uh, the, fir the first goal that they scored was a cross um, that's just drifted in the back post, so it's a complete fluke of a goal, and that's the reality sometimes in football that happens. But, you know, up until that time, I felt like we defended our box really well and, and felt quite comfortable, but balls got played out to, to our right-hand side, you know, and the girls hit a, hit a cross left-footed looking to try and aim for the back post, and has mishit it slightly, and, it, and it's ended up going in at the back post. And like I say, that's just football, you know, it happens, but... From that point, then you've gone from being one nil up and defending your box really well, and all of a sudden it's one all. They're obviously on on the front foot now. The momentum starts to shift. Disappointed a bit with the second goal because it was a little too easy. We allowed the cross a bit easier than we had done through the rest of the game up until that point. We defended the wide areas quite well. Um, they'd started to overload with more and more bodies in wide areas to get crosses into the box, so we could see what they were doing. And I thought we'd actually done quite well. We'd made a change just before they scored because Bella had had um, got cramp and. and 
couldn't continue. So we changed for Annie, who's only just come back from a long-term injury and, um, you know, is new to the squad. So her understanding of what we want to do in moments is a little different maybe to Bella's. And I think that had an effect on things too. But, you know, these are all fine things. They're all things that we'll learn from and pick up on. But um, I think the second goal is one we probably could have prevented. But the first goal is just, unfortunately, a complete fluke. Drifts in at the back post when it's meant to be a cross. You said that you want to use this as maybe a motivation now for the rest of the season. So do you think that there are valuable lessons that you've taken from the game? Yeah, totally. And and we have all our games recorded. So we go back and we analyse them and we can feed that back and we can actually show it rather than just talk about it, which is important for players. So they can see the moments that we could have done better and have a look at what we could have done differently. And and importantly as well, have a look at the moments that we had that were good and we want to, to repeat. So, you know, out of these exercises, these games, there'll always be something that will come out of it where you'll say, do you know what? if we get better at that point there, then ultimately the next time we play a team like this, we'll, we'll be a little bit better off and we might go and win it. So yeah, there'll be plenty of things that we can learn and pick up. We've already started to do that. Uh, we had training yesterday and, and that was, you know, it was quite good. It was bubbly and bouncy, which is always nice after a defeat to know that everybody's still feeling quite positive about it. And we started to talk about the things that we need to be better at. And that's the thing I think is quite impressive with the group we've got. They're good learners. They want to get better. Um, and every time you give them some information, they pick up on it. And did everyone come through the game okay, or do you have any injury concerns? Yeah, not too bad. Um, a couple of people were just tired, really, and fatigues and muscle things, but you know, but nothing that's going to stop them from playing in the next game. So that's always one of those. You come out of a game and you're thinking, please, can we come out of this without too many problems? And, and luckily, we, we appear to go out of it without, uh, without any physical issues to anybody. So that's one good side to it as well. And looking forward, there's no game this weekend, but the club have announced that the QPR game uh, on the 26th is going to be free entry. Are you hopeful that that will you know, help you in that game? And are you hopeful to get a big crowd down there? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's a great initiative from the club, isn't it? Asking, asking people constantly to, to to turn up is one thing, but you know, now saying, look, you know, we, there won't be any cost for anybody coming in is is a great gesture, and we're really hoping that we'll see a lot more people turning up, you know, because our performances and our results of late have been pretty good. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's good entertaining football. So, really, hopefully, we'll get a few more people there, and hopefully, we'll see lots of young girls there that want to play football or do play football that come along, and hopefully, we can help inspire them as well. So, something to look forward to. It'll be a good test. Uh, I think it'd be a really good game. Uh, games between ourselves and QPR are usually quite tight. So, yeah, one to look forward to. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great gesture. Uh, it's a way of building up numbers. Women's football, obviously, is uh, becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're seeing that at, at all levels of the game. So it, it's good that uh, United are, are kind of making that gesture uh, to try and get uh, a bigger crowd in there. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about uh, City and Histon. Broadcasting from the city centre. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So, City coming off the back of uh, what was generally acknowledged i mean if even robbie said it was the worst performance he'd seen from uh, his team uh, at the time he's been uh, at city uh, the uh, boldmere game a 4-0 loss 
Um, it, it was on to Lye Town, and although uh, they shipped four goals in that, um, I was at the game yesterday, and actually not a bad performance. There were moments, well, actually, no, it was a reasonably okay performance. There were moments in that game where they could have taken uh, a bigger lead that might have killed the game off. There were times when they could have come back. Um, so it, it's it's a bit difficult. You compare the two, and and on the face of it, the scores kind of show up the same thing. But in reality, I don't think uh, it was quite like that. I've got uh, the audio with uh, Robbie uh, to talk about, but uh, hopefully I can get hold of Steve Warren at this point. Uh, you know Steve from uh, previous show, uh, from previous shows when he used to help me out quite a lot and now an occasional contributor. Hey Steve, how you doing? Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Okay, so uh, ooh, where do we start? Bold, Bold Miss St. Michael's. Uh, there was a lot of criticism uh, following that game, uh, I, I, including from Robbie. He said it was the worst performance that he thinks one of his teams has ever put together. Um, you were quite vocal, as were many others on the forums. Uh, not good, not, not, not good for City to, to be in that position. No, I mean, I, I was critical because I went um, first time in a while and, and yeah, it was a very poor performance. I mean, I thought Baltimore, you know, they're in a fourth position, a better team than, than second bottom when we played them, but, you know, we just didn't compete. Now, you can get that um, as a one-off in the season. You know, I've, I've watched this for 20 years and it's very rarely a season when you don't get, you know, one bad performance in a year where it's just odd wrong, but it was, it was pretty bad. But also, um, sort of the manner of it, you know, there was there was... You know, we can take losing and, you know, say we're, we're not a position, we're, we're at the top, but, you know, it's a matter of defeat. And I just think, you know, on the back of Cowser as well, where I went to on the Tuesday um, in, in the same region, and, you know, that was, that was also quite poor. It wasn't as bad as, as Baltimore, but it was poor because, you know, they'd lost 6 0 the week before and we scored the first goal and then allowed them back into it. And, you know, we just sort of huffed and puffed and didn't play. Um, and I think, I think you know, both, that was a winnable game. You know, were streets ahead of us and deservedly won. So it's two defeats, you know, again, you can sort of take, but it, it just felt a bit of a worry for me that we just didn't compete in the way that we have done previously. I think previously when we've lost games, we've always been very close. We've got a good, you know, good fight and, and been unlucky at times, but in those days, I just didn't feel we were anywhere near um, at the levels. And, you know, I just think the, it's difficult. It is difficult. I do sympathise with, with where we're at, but, you know, we knew we knew we had to go to Burnley every week for away games. We know that, um, so I don't think that's an excuse because we did it last year, and you know they they know that. So the recruitment has to be from sort of the A14 corridor, the M6 that can get there. Um, that's why you know players like Broccoli are fantastic because he's he's I think sort of links Lincolnshire piece of the base. So he's ideal and he's a quality player, and that's the sort of you know character we have. Of course, they cost money, um, but yeah, it just puts a bit of a negative. And I was critical. I mean, it's say look. Perhaps harshly so, but you know it's just it's just not getting results, and I think we're in a bit of a precarious position at the minute. Um, and you know, certainly don't want it to slide um, on the on the route to source and any further. So we, it just needs, you know, I think we're, we're in a results business whether we like it or not. And, and Bobby's had a long time at a club, and he knows he knows the club, he loves the club. So, but he's got you know it, it is results, and you know I just think that too often we sort of slide and without any sort of strategy or thought and that's that's the feeling at the minute is it is a bit needs a bit more accountability. I'm not saying he doesn't care, I'm not saying he's not trying and doing a good job, but it's just you know, it's very easy to slide and then sort of uh, be surprised at the end or by the you know, we're struggling. So there's a bit of planning that needs to go on. I know that the board are very, very focused on the on the source and stuff on off field, which 
is, is hugely vital, really close now, which is fantastic. But it may have taken the focus off the, the day-to-day stuff, the playing stuff that, that is you know, on the pitch. That's the product at the end of the day. And that's what people, you know, if we're going to attract new fans, that we need to see a good product and um, or as competitive as we can be. And in the past, we have played some good stuff and we've always been good to watch. But the last few, I think we struggled a bit. Um, obviously, I didn't go yesterday. I think you said it was it was it was a performance. A lot of people said the same. So you know, there's heart there, but again, we're not getting results. So yeah, just need to turn the corner really, and hopefully that will come uh, sooner rather than later. Because, you know, three defeats. Whilst it's not panic time yet, I, I am a bit worried to be honest. Yeah, and it is interesting. I mean, you know, you can put all the good performances together you want, but if you're going to lose four two, it, it's it's of no consolation to fans necessarily, and it, and it doesn't get you the points you need to be in the position you want to be. As you say, you don't, if you take your eye off the ball because of all that's going on with Sawston, you don't want to drop down a league to go into Sawston. That that'd be a, a terrible a, a terrible start, but also it, it, you know it, it would do it would do no good to the revenue that comes in. And I think obviously we're a long a long way off from that and yesterday I saw a performance that was you know it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad performance really uh, Lytown I think were fourth or fifth in the league at the start of the day and they looked like a better side but but City held their own and uh, you know when they came back and scored the equaliser they, they unfortunately could have capitalised a bit and uh, you know got got another goal which would have been great to go into the half time and then scoring so early in the second half they actually looked like they'd got the game in hand and it was it was kind of a bit not a shock they certainly weren't dominating but uh, I, I think you know at that point they'd fit they'd have felt quite unlucky not to be there and it was interesting they had a kind of they, they had the huddle on the pitch after the game uh, and from, from from the reaction from some players some of the senior players specifically um, there's obviously a lot of passion about what happened so there's, there's certainly no there's no lack of feeling from the players in terms of what, what went wrong that they couldn't capitalize on it yeah, well, that's good to hear. Um, you know, I think that shows they care. That is, that is actually, I take a bit of heart that the fact they care. I think they do. Um, I guess, you look, you know, these are amateur players. They're going to make mistakes, you know, occasionally. And I think that's, we're being very much punished for that. You know, every every mistake. So we're giving away a lot of penalties where, you know, there's been challenges in the box or whatever. And, and we've given referees decisions to make, um, you know, where they've, we've conceded a lot of penalties. So there's that little bit of calmness in the defensive third where we're just making rash calls sometimes. I mean, look, some of them are, are very harsh penalties, but, but in the main, we're allowing teams back in that way um, and being, being, you know, mistakes are being punished. Um, you know, I, I think we're not ruthless. In, I'm, I'm pleased you said that because I think that there needs to be a bit more of a ruthless streak. I think, you know, when we're, we are quite soft to play against, we're a nice, you know, quite a nice team. If, if I'm an opposition team, I always, I will always think we're, we're fairly easy to play against. Um, and that, that needs to change. You know, we've got to be, you know, look at some of the teams like, you know, like Corby, for example, they're mid-table, but, you know, gosh, you know, they would never allow, you know, physically and sort of from a, a organisation point of view, they just wouldn't allow an easy ride for any game, whether they win, lose or draw. So, you know, Lytown, the same, they're not fit for any, for any reason other than the fact they're well organised. I think some of the organisational stuff um, we need to work on a bit and just that kind of steel, really. Taylor Parr is a, is a big miss, don't get me wrong. I think I think he's, you know, one of the quality players at the back and, and, you know, when we don't have him, we look a bit more vulnerable. So, you know, personnel-wise, you know, and we've not got the money to, to replace like for like when he's injured. So, you know, absolutely, that's a big loss. But there's got to be some characters in there stepping up at that point and saying, look, we're, we're a key defender down. We've got to be be organised. But on the same token, you know, as you said, when we went forward, it sounded like we, we created a lot of good chances there, keeping made some good saves. Um, and, you know, yeah, as you said, we could have gone in half-time ahead and we've got the second goal early in the second half. So, 
again, a little bit around game management potentially because we've allowed them a route back into the game and you know the heads have gone when when they've got the second goal and we've allowed them two more. So it's just sort of quite fine margins, but um, you've just got to you know not saying win at all costs, but we've, we've got to have that mentality now because. You know, I think it can easily change if we get the win, but but we can't allow teams an easy run like that, especially at home. Um, you know, we're, we seem to be letting a lot at home now, so I think I think that's got to stop. Um, and you know, it's, it comes with hard work. Um, you know, twice a week. I know it's you know, you've got wins to come in and stuff and, and difficult, but you know, if they care like you say, then then hopefully they'll turn up at training and, and look to put that right. You know, work on a few things for a few hours this week and, and really make that that steal because we've got some tough games coming up as well. Um, but yeah, look, it's not doom and gloom. I, I just think we do need to turn the corner results-wise because, you know, we could easily get sucked into something which we didn't. But on the flip side, you know, a couple of wins does shoot you back into mid-table. So, but just yeah, performance-wise, if it's better, that's good to hear. And I, I you know, just the two that I saw <laughs> just wasn't wasn't much fun to watch uh, <laughs> physically. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's the problem, isn't it? You, you know, you, you you don't enjoy it, you don't come along, you know, fans turn away, the, the revenue goes down and the problems kind of continue. Interestingly, just to, we just I, I was going to play the Robbie interview, but this has kind of gone on a little bit longer than I expected, but, they, but that's great. One of the things he said at the end of the interview is he's got, I think, three, three, uh, seven day, sorry, three seven-day approaches into players to try and strengthen uh, the side. Uh, hopefully they can talk to them on Monday and hopefully uh, they can get... Uh, 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 some, or, some or all of them in for training on Tuesday and, and, and again on Thursday before they travel off to uh, again up to, to Leicester I think it's um, yeah. um, Anstead, uh, sorry Hinkley first and then Anstey Nomads two consecutive weekends uh, in Leicester so that would be quite interesting to see how the, who those players are Yes that's good that's also good because I'm not I know he's, he Robbie in the past has you know juggled the pack a bit and Sometimes he's done it um, prematurely you know he's, he's brought players in and it's dis- actually disrupted the squad I think I think he does need some just like tweaks now, say particularly defensively. But yeah, look, uh, with the finances, I wouldn't then be surprised if it's sort of one in one out if we get players like that. But yeah, look, if they improve the squad, that's that's got to be got to be the key. And I think I think probably now is the time just to freshen it a little bit. That's uh, the beauty of, of non you know, you can make those seven day approaches. Hopefully, they're off the standard that we need, um, and just give us that boost. Like I say, yeah, the two tough games. I mean, and Inkley, uh, and it's obviously quite a difficult place to go, and and Amsty, I think. Will be very tough because I think they haven't, I think they've lost one all season. They don't lose many at all, so they're they're actually two tough games. I mean, look, our away form is is of a concern because we, we were fantastic in the cups away. Um, we had all those runs away from home in the cup. We haven't since picked up pick up lead points. So, yeah, that that's going to be key, and I think Inkley's the one that we target certainly to to turn the corner. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm going to have to cut you off there because we've got got plenty more to talk about before the end of the show. But thanks very much, Steve, for uh, joining us. We'll talk to you again no soon. Cheers, right. Cheers. Bye then. Okay. So uh, as I said, I was going to play the uh, Robbie interview, but we've covered all of it off there. Um, spoke to um, Cambridge City women. They haven't played for a while, um, but they are in action today uh, in about six minutes. So uh, Billy again caught up with uh, Paul Burling uh, to have a chat with them. So you haven't had a game for a while, but you've got a game uh, this weekend against Haywards Heath. Just how eager is everyone to get going again? Yeah, it'd be great to get on the grass this afternoon. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. The girls have trained really well this last two weeks and um, we can't wait. And do you have any injury concerns going into the game or is everyone ready to go? We've got a couple of players out with injuries, but we've got three returning from injury. So Jenny, uh, Jenny Moore is back. Uh, from a long-term injury so she'll add some experience to the squad 
and uh, Jess Wood is back, so she brings a lot of pace and energy up front. So, yeah, we're, we're stronger than we were last time out. Yeah, so you think you've got the team and the players ready to go and get a result? Without shadow of a doubt, we're really looking forward to the game. Uh, as I say, the girls trained really hard with purpose this week, and uh, we can't wait. Are you expecting anything specific from Haywards Heath, or are you just focusing on yourselves going into the game? I think it's important for us as a team and a club to focus on what we can do and control what we can control. And that's our own performance, our own energy, work rate, determination. And, um, you know, the old adage, if if talent doesn't work hard, hard work beats talent every time. So we need to, the very least expected of the girls is to outwork them today. And you think if you get a result that can maybe kickstart getting some more results and uh, get yourself moving back up that table? I think it's imperative we get um, three points and uh, get the momentum going. We've got a run of games, although spaced out all at home in the next sort of four to six weeks, that we can pick points up and move up the table. I think it's a very open table. There's a couple of class teams at the top, but, sort you know, we've, we were the last team to take points off United, who are third in the table, for example. So, you know, I think anyone from three down, anyone can beat anybody. Um, we need to get some momentum. I think in football, momentum is key. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So uh, uh, we'll go on to uh, Histon. Um, they were on the back of a four-game unbeaten streak, a draw, uh, and three successive wins. They were at Racing Club Warwick. Uh, unfortunately, a loss. Uh, again, another last-minute goal, calling, causing some heartache. This is Chris Nunn following that game. Unfortunately, you tasted defeat in Warwick yesterday and you conceded a 93rd minute winner. How are you feeling after that? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the defeat lies with me totally. Uh, we got back uh, to equalise to make it one all, And then uh, I wanted to win the game, I'm going to be honest, you know, and, and we continued to push. I felt if any team was going to score, it was going to be us. You know, we were asking a lot of questions and we had some great chances. Um, but we're playing against a good team. I've, I've always sort of maintained in football, you know, I, I feel that like you want to win. Um, there are certain times when if things ain't quite right or you're up against it, if it ain't our day, don't make it their day. But yesterday I just felt, I felt we had nothing to lose. And I, I wanted, I want to show people that we, on our day, we can compete with anyone. And it was a bit of a boxing match at the end, to be fair. And But, but as manager... You know, maybe looking back, would it have been best with maybe when we equalised to say, right, let's take a point, sit back. and But but no, it's just not my style. It's not mm. my style. It's not how I want to play football, you know. And if, if we lose trying to win, then, then I'll take that, you know. Yeah, because it seemed like you had plenty of chances uh, to get the win. So, I mean, clearly you seem disappointed to draw, let alone not get the win in the end. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you one nil down as, as we were in the second half, we were really asking them serious questions. I mean, first of all, look, let, let's be honest, they, they were the better team first half. You know, we hit the post first half and I thought our decision making in the final third wasn't great. Roche's pulled off a really good save to stop it from going 2-0. So going in at half time, I, I wasn't happy with how we played, but we worked very hard. And I just know as games open up, we do get lads that can get in between the lines well and, and cause lots of problems. And, and second half, we, we had a really, really good go at it. And that's why I'll, I'll always say to the boys, you know, if you give everything that you can, if we lose on the day through, you know, being outworked, I'll be disappointed. But that wasn't the case yesterday. Yeah, and up until yesterday, you had four wins in a row. So are you hoping that maybe you can carry that spirit from, you know, having a spirited defeat into the upcoming games? 
Well, well, that's the plan. I mean, I mean, look, you know, we, we're going to make some, some. I call it baby steps to try and improve. There's little things that we need to do. Um, there's no point, you know, we've brought a few lads in, don't get me wrong, we have, and we try just to have a mindset of, you know, every game we go into, we're going to try and win. And if we've won four on the bounce, we're still going to try and win the fifth. You know, if it's if we're on the back of a defeat, we're going to try and win our next, you know, and that's all I can say. Every game we go into, we are going to be setting out to try and win that game. And uh, I know Bug Brook, I just went there a couple of weeks ago to watch him play, you know, and I know that's going to be a really tough game next Saturday. But... And I think when you look at it, I mean, obviously Racing Club Warwick are second in the league, so uh, it's kind of no disgrace, and and they came close to it. And again, it, it it's good that they've performed well against sides at different levels. Bugbrook's at Michael and mid-table. Uh, again, a, a team that's potentially uh, a, an easier game than uh, Racing Club Warwick were. But uh, it's good to see that... <clears throat> you know that the, the the renaissance at uh, Histon seems seems to be carrying the is that on right the word even the revival it was the word I was looking for really but the renaissance might be it and the revival of Histon is still is still underway uh, still plenty to do but uh, it, it's good to see uh, some success uh, coming to Histon uh, and it, it, it's it's interesting to see it happen with the same players or mostly the same players as uh, were under Lance but uh, that's a, that's a separate story uh, so that's all we've got time for uh, this week thanks very much to Alex Tumrich for sparing uh, the time uh, to come on the show uh, thanks to uh, Matt as well um, and to all of the managers to Paul Burling at City to uh, Darren at United Women uh, and to Chris uh, sorry we didn't have time to play uh, Robbie's interview but we covered most of it in that uh, apart from the uh, the potential new signings which we covered off just at the end uh, everything else was uh, talking pretty much about the game um, so, as I say, that's that's all we've got time for uh, this week. Do join us again uh, next week. Uh, plenty still coming to uh, coming on to uh, the uh, Cambridge One Hundred and Five Radio. Strummers and Dreamers up next till uh, four o'clock. Then jazz today four till five. Polish waves five till six, and then into the evening programming. Cambridge Film now at six. The Big Band Show at seven. Uh, let the good times roll with Jackie Bond at eight. Queer Cambridge at nine. Stagger at ten. Finning, finishing with Evening Under Lamplight. Thanks very much for joining. Is. We'll touch you again next week. Cambridge 105 Radio. Every litre that comes out of your hose is high-quality drinking water. Taken from the same sources that supply Cambridge's chalk streams, protect them by switching to a watering can. In need of legal advice you can trust, Woodfine Solicitors offers a range of expert and award-winning legal services, whatever your problem. It's not all happy ever after for couples. Every family goes through difficult times, but Woodfine Solicitors can help you face those challenges, deal with personal crises, and get you back on track. We're upfront and transparent about our costs. Find out more at woodfines.co.uk and arrange a no-obligation chat. Woodfines. Cutting through the red tape. This is Cambridge 105 Radio. Last year we gathered on a King's Parade for the first time. It was not a lot of us, but now it's more than 1,000 Ukrainians arrived to Cambridge. It stops those carbon emissions, which none of us want, for very little visual impact. It's such a good opportunity for anybody, whether you want to get into broadcasting full-time or not. And it's always nice when you see community radio being supported. 